In one of our early podcasts, we talked about uh, the two most important decisions a person makes in life. One of them is uh, choosing a Rebbe, a spiritual guide. Uh, and somebody asked me quite uh, intelligently, okay, it's an important decision. How do I do it? Okay, so this is, uh, this, might be, there might, this, this might be a long answer, but it's a necessary answer. First of all, uh, the first thing you have to do is daven. You have to pray and seek from Hashem the divine assistance uh, that's necessary, the siyat, the shmaya that's required to find a person who can uh, accurately and uh, correctly guide you uh, not only in life, but uh, for tikkun neshama, which more or less amounts to the same thing. Because if you live your life correctly, you will uh, automatically have your tikkun neshama. So tefillah is the first step. Uh, and you have to be really willing to make the effort to find uh, a Rebbe and to draw yourself close to that person who you consider a candidate to be your Rebbe. Uh, how much, how willing do you have to be? Reb Nelson uh, puts it this way. You have to be willing to crawl on your hands and knees over a field of glass and nails, as it were, but on your hands and knees to, for miles to get to that person who can teach you how to, to, how to live a Jewish life uh, the way you need to live it. Okay, so with that uh, introduction uh, in, our, uh, in, our, in our hand, let's uh, consider different ways of how one finds uh, a Rebbe. There are a number of people, the fortunate few we might call them, who find the Rebbe uh, with love at first sight. Uh, upon meeting a particular person, whoever it may be, a person just feels the, uh, uh, the, the soul connection, the connection of the Shamas uh, that he has with, with this other person, and who is, of course, uh, we're assuming in our case here, is who's capable of being a Rebbe, that he has the uh, intelligence and the sensitivity to guide another person and also the insight, not only uh, psychological and uh, spiritual, but really the insight to actually per to perceive uh, someone else's neshama and to know what is actually best for them. This would also include, you know, an ideally, uh, the chachma that's not only foresight, but even a bit of ruach hakodesh, as it were. Not, of course, not navua. We don't have that nowadays, but uh, but a certain aspect of ruach hakodesh, which we won't translate as uh, holy spirit, even though that's what it means literally. But the person who has that, so we can see things that are beyond the ken of ordinary individuals. So that happens, and that also happens uh, not only in love at first sight, but sometimes even before you actually meet the person, the, or the fortunate few who, even though they hear the name, there's something, there's some deep soul connection that just hearing the name of that person says, that person is my Rebbe. Even though I've never met him, I know that I am connected to that person. So that does happen. 
Okay, now that's for a very uh, small amount of people, but that's something you're present to be aware of, because maybe you are one of the fortunate few. Uh, most often, uh, another way of finding a Rebbe is that people look to see who's a Rebbe, as were, who's in the marketplace, what Rebbe's are available, and they go from Rebbe to Rebbe, and they speak to them, or they observe them, or they observe their Hasidim. As Rabbi Nizal points out, you know, somebody who's really on a higher madrega, on a higher spiritual plane, we don't really understand them. It's like looking, Rabbi Nizal says, at a signet ring, which when you look at it is reversed and it makes no sense. But when you see the impression that it makes in sealing wax, as it used to, as people used to do with their signet rings, then you see what uh, what it produces. So also an observation of who are the tzaddiks, uh, the rebbe's followers, his chassidim, his talmidim, however you want to call them, uh, that also can give you an indication of how you might relate to that particular individual if he is really. Uh, a Rebbe for you, uh, if you're privileged to actually meet and talk with such a person. So there's, you, know, you can further begin to feel whether or not there is a spiritual connection. And what happens is uh, that you go undergo a, what do you call it, a um, courtship period. And that courtship period could be very brief, could be longer. Uh, it depends, you know, like any sort of courtship, at a certain point you just know one way or the other whether to continue or not. Uh, that's what a number of people do. They look for somebody who's already established, as were, who has Talmidim, whether it's two or three or four Talmidim, or it's 200, 300, or 400. Of course, uh, the larger uh, the, the base of already pre-existing Talmidim and the Hasidim, so the more, usually the more difficult it is to establish a personal uh, connection with the Rebbe. Uh, sometimes a person develops a connection with a Rebbe, whether someone who is already a Rebbe or not, uh, sort of accidentally, without even realizing it, he just continually turns to the same person over and over to discuss all sorts of issues, some perhaps uh, uh, inconsequential as were, but some quite uh, life-changing, life-determining. And without even realizing it, uh, the Rebbe may know before the Talmud that the, the, the relationship exists. Others who know the uh, Talmud may observe and see that, that he's already a chassid of this particular Rebbe. Right, even before the person himself is aware of that. And that's uh, something that happens organically, which is really the, the ideal way to choose a, a Rebbe, uh, that they just naturally start to turn to a person and the relationship develops. And that person uh, doesn't have to be famous or well-known. Uh, a person can be just someone who you know. There's, uh, we don't have this so much nowadays. Uh, it used to be much more common that there was more or less a, a Rebbe on a particular block. There were a lot of uh, tzaddikim who had come over from Europe either before or after World War II, and they had their little shtiblach. And to most people, they were unknown. There was just a nice Hasidic man. You know, he had been a Rebbe in the old country. A, a lot of these uh, people uh, were tremendous tzaddikim who had tremendous 
uh, well, they had Ruach HaKodesh, a lot of them. Uh, they, and they were blessed in the sense that they were, uh, they were unknown before popularity and COVID became a very big deal, as it has in our days. Of course, there were always charlatans going way back, uh, even in the time of Rabinazal, but most of these people, uh, they, they were not of that sort. But nowadays you don't have that, but you do have people who are just known locally and uh, who are people who are unassuming and this and that, but who do have the tools and the skills, both, uh, again, psychological and uh, the Torah knowledge and a little bit of Ruach HaKodesh in many of them. Uh, and they have a few, as it were, Talmidim. They're not Rebbe's and they're not Rosh Yeshiva, but they are people who can and do guide others. And here also, it's a question of, do you feel a connection to that person? Is that connection reciprocated? There's a famous story in Breslov about Rabbeinu Zal describing the types of Hasidim that he had, and uh, the two versions of the story. But uh, both versions talk about the fact that the Rebbe and the Chassid, one is baked into the heart of the other. And that's a uh, that's really sort of the feeling that you're looking for. Is that person baked into your heart? Do you feel that you're baked into his heart? Uh, that's you know, backed in hearts is the way it's expressed in Yiddish. So that's something also that a person has to check for and feel for. Uh, otherwise, it's just a uh, you know it's a mentoring l- relationship, which is not at all a bad thing. Uh, sometimes our mentors are our friends, our peers, but sometimes certainly a mentor is someone who's older, wiser, more experienced and such. Uh, but there is a huge gap between a Rebbe and a mentor. A mentor has, as were, less responsibility towards the mentee, not zero responsibility, but less than a Rebbe. A Rebbe is assuming uh, upon himself a person's entire existence uh, in a very real way, if the person is really out, uh, well, not out to be a Rebbe, but if the person is really assumed or been assigned that responsibility in life, so then he is actually taking upon uh, your uh, your existence, and not only your uh, existence for 120 years in this world, but your eternal state. So that's... Uh, also something to consider. You know, it's not a mentor, but it's a Rebbe. It's a huge, a huge, huge gap. Uh, how significant. Now, just let me, as it's coming to mind, let me point out, you, people do make mistakes. Sometimes, you know, uh, people as, you know, invest in a bad stock and it looks good, but it turns out to be uh, not so good. And sometimes people invest, as it were, uh, in a Rebbe. They f- choose to follow somebody. They think that he's giving good advice, etc., etc. And it turns out not to be that way. Let's just put it uh, as briefly as possible. That's, don't beat yourself up. There's, uh, Reb Nelson writes about this idea. What happens if a person chooses incorrectly and, and chooses a bad somebody who turns out to give negative advice and then uh, you're worse off than you were before uh, in one sense Rebbe Nelson says don't worry it's in, to the extent that you are sincere in your search for a tzaddik to help you to bring you to a higher level of Yiddishkeit that is say that you're 
your tefillah, your prayer is more uh, not only intense but more sincere that your Torah study is improved that your desire for these things is, is strengthened and your desire to uh, give tzedakah to give charity and to do chesed to be kind and that your midas your your character traits you're more patient you're less greedy etc that your amuna your faith in hashem your faith in tzaddikim grows and your trust in hashem grows if that's truly and sincerely what's motivating you in your search for tzaddiks and even though you may have chas shalom god forbid chosen incorrectly poorly terribly you're on the right track it was a mistake, it was a detour, you know, there's certain things that will have to be corrected, but you are not held responsible, uh, it won't be held against you in Shemaim, as long as you are truly, truly sincere in your search. Rabbi Yitzchak Breiter, Hashem Yinkam Domov, may God avenge his blood, he writes that uh, in explaining why and, and how to judge others, Lekafschus, favorably, uh, even though we see them making real objective mistakes, says that everybody has to reach their tikkun, and part of the individual's tikkun is also the mistakes he made. Even if it's a minor mistake, or a major mistake, or a long-term mistake, nonetheless, it's part of the person's tikkun, and it cannot and should not be held against them. So, let's see, where are we here? Um... Now there's also the question of, can a Sefer be your Rebbe? Well, uh, can a book be your Rebbe? So of course a Breslover will say, absolutely, what's the problem? Right? Well, in a certain sense, it's, it's uh, and of course I think this way too, uh, Rabbein Azal told us that the, the Seichel and the Nefesh of, uh, the th- of any author is in the author's book, in the author, in the author's safer, S- and you talk to almost any wrestler, uh, and he will tell you that Likute Maran and or Likute Halochus and or Sipuri Maisius, the stories, speaks to to me. And not only does it speak to me in a general sense, but what I learned today from Likute Maran is exactly what I needed to hear today. Every single Breslover feels that the Lakuti Maran is not just a safer, it's a personal letter written to him from Rabbi Nachman. So if there is any such safer, safer that speaks to you in that way, uh, then you can, at least to a certain degree, consider it your Rebbe. Of course, you know, again, the, uh, as it's put uh, famously by a certain poet, uh, you have to be honest if you want to live outside the law uh, to really get what you can from a safer. You have to be excruciatingly honest with yourself that this is what it means and it's actually pushing you forward in your uh, Judaism. Now, that's from a Breslover perspective. Most other uh, Jews who are not uh, affiliated with Breslover with Breslov will tell you you can't really have uh, a Rebbe as a Sefer. And I think they're mistaken. I don't think, and I don't mean just from a Breslover perspective, I think also from their own perspective. 
Every single person, when he learns Torah, whether it's Chumash and Rashi, whether it's Gomorrah, any Sefer, is ipso facto, automatically translating it into an idiom and a way for him to better pursue his path in Judaism, i.e. he's making that Sefer, or at least a particular statement in that Sefer, uh, his Rebbe. And that's true whether it's uh, Gemara, Midrash, Zohar, Kodesh, or Maral, uh, anything, right? And, and so we're all taking, because, and even the Rebbe's themselves, uh, when they learn whatever it is that they're learning, they're learning the particular Torah, the particular Sefer, in the light of their own Neshama. So it's their own Neshama which learned Torah way back when in the womb for nine months, from a malach, so it's a, the, the light of their own neshama is interpreting the Torah that they learn, which they are then transmitting to others, right? And we see this, you know, with the super tzaddikim in our history, who was, for example, uh, the, the Rebbe of the Baal Shem Tevokotish, who was the Rebbe of the Arizal, who was the Rebbe of the Vilna Gon, right? So who were the Rebbe's of these people? They themselves learned the Sfarim that we all learn, right? Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat and they formulated it in the light of their own neshamas and turned around and transmitted it to us. So, in a very real sense, uh, a sefer can be a rebbe. Right? The corpus of the Torah Kedusha itself can be one's rebbe. Again, so for somebody with a, a great and encompassing neshama like the Arizal, right? So that's for all of Kali Israel. Uh, for someone like you, it's for you and you alone, right? If you're somewhere in between the uh, uh, your th- hypothetical you and the Arizal, so maybe for two people or 20 people, right? But definitely a safer uh, can, and for most people, is to some degree a Rebbe. So, but what's the test? Okay, so I've gone, I feel a connection uh, to a particular person, and I've, as were, accepted him upon my, uh, um, upon myself as my Rebbe. How do I know that I made the right decision? Uh, so, first of all, uh, uh, basically, as I said earlier, in regards to what happens if Chas Shalom, you find the wrong Rebbe and chose to, made a mistake. Right, so to say, these are the uh, sort of the criteria that you should be looking for. Am I progressing in my Yiddishkeit, my Jewishness? Am I davening better? Am I doing better in my Ben Adam Le Chavero? How I interact with uh, my fellow Jews and my fellow human beings? Uh, how my how's my amuna, my faith? How's my trust in Hashem, etc. All these things are tests, you know. Uh, now, if you're not improving, that could be because it's actually not, not the Rebbe for you, or maybe you're doing something wrong. Uh, maybe you should uh, discuss it with that person who is your Rebbe. Why am I not getting more uh, from what you're teaching me? Right? What am I doing wrong? And then see how that evolves. Right? So, but that's really the litmus test. You know, how, how are you progressing in your Yiddishkeit? Uh, not every Rebbe is uh, capable of giving aids uh, of uh, suggestions in all areas if you're uh, 
if you need to make a business deal, the Rebbe should be able to give you a bracha to succeed. He may not be able to tell you whether or not you should do that particular deal or not. Uh, when it comes to health matters also, people come uh, and you should leave the door open for your Rebbe to do uh, and to, or to give a bracha beyond what you think uh, he is... Uh, uh, beyond what you th- want him to give you. Sometimes you know, a person comes to a Rebbe for an Eitzah, uh, and when the Rebbe is ready to give him a bracha, which would supersede uh, the the actual situation. I'm thinking specifically of a story with the late Lubavitcher Rebbe, number seven, Rebbe Menachem Mendel, Zechron Bracha, a chassid came to him asking for an Eitzah. He needed an operation of some sort, and there was a choice between between two doctors to who could do the operation, and he spelled out the pluses and minuses of each doctor and waited for the Rebbe to respond. And the Babacher Rebbe said to him, why are you asking me which doctor to choose? Why don't you ask me for a bracha that you shouldn't need the operation? At uh, which point the chassid said, Rabbi, please give me a bracha. And the, the Babacha told him, no, it's too late. You already decided that you need the operation, so I can only advise you. I can't uh, give you the bracha. But the, the point of the story for us is that uh, don't close the door on your Rebbe's options. Let him you know, do what he can, uh, even though you can't imagine what it is that he can do. Uh, finally, I just want to conclude with uh, a little bit of what should you do uh, if you need to leave your Rebbe? Right? For some who choose a, uh, as were, a local Rebbe, or for those who are beginners and choose as their Rebbe, whoever happens to be the Maggit Shir, the one who's teaching them Gemara, or some other class in their Baal Tshuva Yeshiva or such, uh, you have to be careful. Rebbe's are human beings, uh, particularly those who, uh, not you know, who are, you'll excuse the expression, who are less spiritually advanced. Rebbe's have egos, even if they're smaller than your ego or my ego. They still have egos, and it often hurts when a chassid leaves. Uh, in particular, uh, in the example of uh, somebody who's new, uh, Baal Tshuva, quote-unquote, and he's uh, leaving one one teacher for another, that uh, can be very painful uh, in terms of ego, but also another thing is involved, and that is these people, Rebbe's and teachers, invest in you. They really put their hearts into helping you develop as a Jew, as a human being, and they've actually seen you grow uh, in a very real sense, as the Torah HaKadosh teaches us. A Torah teacher is a parent, right? Bonim are the Talmidim. Your sons, to whom you teach Torah, are your Talmidim, right? So you are very close and dear to, to you, especially to those teachers to whom you've confided and asked for advice. So leaving them is... Uh, can be painful for them, so you have to be sensitive to the, to these facts, and uh, to uh, do so in as menschlich a way as possible, as a decent and kind way as possible.
because the truth is people do outgrow their rebbies uh people who are more mature and experienced know that they know that they can only lead a person so far and then they have to as were hand the person over to somebody who's greater and more qualified sometimes the talmud the student is uh, actually more uh, you know more spiritually capable than those who initially teach him, introduce him to Yiddishkeit, uh, or even if they haven't introduced him to Yiddishkeit, sometimes the uh, Talmud is uh, just, you know, greater than the Rebbe. You know, sometimes uh, thanks to the Rebbe, that's why the Talmud gets greater. Sometimes the Talmud is just born with more spiritual talent, as it were. Uh, and in closing, I just want to point out, uh, in terms of developing a relationship with one's Rebbe, First of all, the, the word Rebbe, we have to remember the way the Gemara uses it. The word Rebbe means master. A Rebbe is not just a teacher or a mentor or a guide. He's really a master. So to be really be a Talmud, you have to be willing to uh, carry, literally carry your Rebbe's bags, run errands for him, uh, be willing to... Uh, pour water on his hands as Elisha Hanavi is described, uh, Elisha the prophet is described as having poured water on the hands of Eliyahu, Elijah the prophet. You have to be willing to literally serve the person who you want to be your Rebbe. You have to be willing to humble yourself to help him put on his boots, take them off, uh, and do make him a tea whatever it may be that he asks run to the bank although we don't do that nowadays too much we just do it with our apps or whatever but things of that nature because a rebbe means a master and this word in hebrew is shimush to serve the the rebbe shimush means oftentimes just hanging around and spending time and seeing seeing up close how your rebbe lives how he uh, how he operates in different uh, venues, how he interacts with other people, with members of his family, in different situations, and not just how he is with a book or with a drasha or when there's an audience, but how he is at private times, uh, how he is uh, when he's on vacation, how he is uh, when he's dealing with, uh, with a hard situation of other people at two in the morning. Uh, all these sorts of things are considered shimish, serving, and these are the real situations in which one learns Torah, and one learns how to live Torah. It's not just from uh, writing down notes at a class or reviewing a Shabbos drasha. Uh, I wish you the best of success in finding your Rebbe, the one who will lead you to the Tikkun Neshama that you so richly need and deserve.